0: Like a tape of faith, I'm, 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 I'm the bomb grenade, never no perfect oh, we, yeah. we, we, we're away, I ignore the hate. This is After Hours Live man, K. Hey, this is your host Tay Wiggs, co-host Marcin.
1: Hey, first and foremost, he's on topic, you know this is Black History Month, so I do want to share something about this. The first uh, African-American to do sports broadcasting is Sherman Linder, Jack O. Maxwell, He was born December 18, 1907 in New Jersey. Deceased July 16, 2008. He lived to be a hundred years old. He, pa- he passed away in uh, West Pennsylvania. Also, was so unique about this story. His dad, his dad was a journalist, journalist too, for a predominantly white uh, institution at the time of that paper. So that's where he manifests his love to become a sports broadcaster through his dad. Like I said, his dad worked for the Star Ledger too at the time, and you know, and. With this guy, what he mean to me is that, you know, a lot of people talk about the African Americans that broke color barriers and other places. They always named sports and civil rights. But for a guy to grow up and to do something that he loved, he also had a love for baseball. And I thought, hey, why not? We two guys sitting here in the man, and we talk about sure. broadcasting. We fulfill our dreams in this. But, you know, I said to like Mr. Sherman Maxwell who paved the way for guys to be you know, like the Brian Combos, you know, the Stephen A. Smith yep. and the Shannon Sharps. So that's how I was going to start my broadcasting out, right? You know, we always talk about basketball. We talk a little different. This one here is going to take a little 360. <laughs> we got the number one tennis female player in the world, right? Now she's only 23 years old. She's taking, she's taking the young kids and people by storm, Naomi Osaka. Oh, yeah. She is currently ranked right now the number one tennis player in the world. As a... For myself, I don't watch enough tennis, but when I do watch it, it's because Serena and Venus. Now you got this young gun on the rise, you know, 23 years old, a right-handed, two-handed player at that. And she's beating all the adults. I mean, she's an adult herself too, but but when you think of a tennis game, you know, most women do come in 18, 19. But for a young woman her age to knock off a Jennifer Brady in an Australian, to beat Serena Williams to go into that championship to let you know this is a young women's sport anyone can play it uh due to the covid restrictions i think i'm not you know a lot of people at home tuning into more things and finding out what their niche is you know this is one of our niches right here When you're looking at a young female athlete like that and, uh, Miyazaki, and you know i have two daughters you also have two daughters. so explain to the people what that means just in an African community that, that you can always have another tennis player or golfer that kids can
0: relate to. You know, it just, it just taps into another, um, you know, sport that, you know, we can, uh, conquer and be good at, uh, right. you know, cause it, like, like you said, you know, for, uh, the you know, Williams sisters, I never watched tennis, And now if I watch tennis, it's to watch them more than any, you know, anybody else. So now we got, you know, Naomi, um, mm-hmm. and it's another young, uh, young black lady that, that she's really good too. Um, you know Coca. it's like it yeah, cocoa It's like a, it gives us more of a reason to tune in and you know probably get you know our daughters involved to mm-hmm. you know, try to play the sport you know and it, it lets you know it, it can be done you know it's right. not like before it was like a, a predominantly you know white sport along with golf now we see you know like us you know dominating the sport they let them also partake and dominate as well
1: exactly and now like I got two daughters my oldest she like to play golf and I think I said it before. I wanted the podcast, but I didn't. I like to play basketball, so you know, I said, hey, Dad, I want to play basketball. So we started when I say she went down the court. She had no love for the game.
0: <laughs>
1: so I'm sitting there. What's wrong? She said, Dad, I don't like, it. but she like Steph Curry. I said, all right, cool. Got some Steph Curry. If y'all, if you go out here, you said, look, you only got four or five games left, no rebounds. <laughs> so the last game of the season, she, said, I said, well, all you gotta do is score. We, we gonna play a spread. You like? Kid, you not.
0: She built the statue,
1: And Two rebounds. And she was happy. You know, for me, it wasn't just about the points that, that made me happy. The, the thing was, I challenged her to do something, and she wanted to do something better. A lot of people say, wow, two points is not enough. But at the time, you're talking about she's nine out of the time. She was like six or seven. Okay. So when you look at that from the standpoint, of telling a six- or seven-year-old child, hey, if you could do this, we could do that. So she went out there and did that, I said, okay, cool. So she do she do like the game, but it wasn't her part. She's not ready for basketball. We go to the You know her auntie and her uncle surprised her boss. So Mary, since then, she's letting the ball. She can drive the ball. And the one thing, too, about us, we have certain sports that we like our children to all get those activities. But if they don't like the sport, I'm not going to force them into something they don't like. The whole thing I want to do is, if you don't like it, what you want to play? Because this is what you want live your life. I can't, you cannot. Live your life to your child. Right. One thing you can do as a as a parent is coach them up and make sure they get the best and be really quick for the future. Right. So that's what I was doing. So she liked she liked golf. Now Kennedy's father behind. Now she likes golf. So it's so funny. My wife already say DJ not playing football. <laughs> not, DJ not playing football, excuse me. So I changed to a basketball game, he cries. You know? <laughs> now I put a football game on, stop crying. He'd sit there and watch it. I say, Man, we may have a football player, we gonna see how that goes. with time go. You have any stories with shit sure like that Marcus, uh, you know, as well?
0: So, so uh, similar story. So my, my daughter, she plays. At me, mm-hmm. you know, she gonna run track in the spring. You know, right. know, and you know that athletic director at Roxburgh, you know, our old middle school, that you know she happens to go there too.
1: And he right. called me.
0: He was like, uh, Mister Thompson, your daughter. You know I know you a, a hooper. You know, is your daughter gonna play. I'm like, God, uh, no, she don't want to do basketball. Like that's the one sport she don't want to do. Exactly. is basketball. It's the sport I play. So he was like, all right, but she, you know, she's real good at um, at volleyball. You know, she got the uh, you know some of the athletic gifts I had. You know, she got the spike game. Okay. Um, you know, and she's a long distance runner, which I wasn't really mm-hmm. that type of guy. So she, she can run and run a track for, for days. I get tired. So you know, the spring, you know, the track season coming up, we'll see what she do. Uh, my other daughter says she would play basketball, but you know, she's not at the age where you know they got school team sports. You know, with COVID, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of the rec stuff. Now and then, also my wife and my sons to play football, but you know both my sons like basketball, so that uh-huh. you know, I'm looking forward
1: to that. <laughs> hey, one thing we can do is just make sure to keep. It. Right. That's all we got to do as parents. Now, we're gonna keep this off. You know, it was fun to share a couple of our moments with our with our children and you know black number one player, female player that is in tennis. Do we? Before I move on, I still understand the tennis subject. Do you believe? I mean, I have seen the, the matches. Against when she plays Serena the high went down you know Serena had 24 er- 24 errors and one match you know I've never seen anything like that from her you're talking about a 39 to 40 year old woman against a 23 year old woman as well you almost 19 20 years of age do you think we've seen the best of Serena do you think this may be the last Ruha for Serena or you think she give it one more try trying to
0: I think she'll try to give it one more try, you know, based on that uh that press conference, you know, where they was asking her about retirement, you know, she got emotional. You know, it's right. kinda of let me know that she may have like a little fight left. Um so I think she'll give it one more try. But I will say this, you know, we talk about Tom Brady, we talk about LeBron James as being the best athletes. I think Serena Williams is oh, yeah. she needs to be in that same conversation, that same vein, you know, like you said, she's forty uh thirty plus years old and she's dominated, you know, as long as those guys in her sport.
1: Yeah, I think she got 23 grand slams, too, at right. that, which is which is a record.
0: Yeah. And I don't think, you know, uh, you know, we got uh, Naomi and Coco. I don't know if they're going to quite get there. You know, she set the bar pretty high. So, even if she don't, I think she's still, like, not only the best women's tennis player ever, I think she's, like, mm-hmm. one of the best athletes
1: ever. Oh, oh, yeah, most definitely. Just, you know, everybody's talking about how much money that Tom Brady and, LeBron James and them spend on their bodies. It's really the same thing, and I just don't think. Like, I look at sports different. now. I'm saying, now like I said, actual two daughters. Now, I get kind of offended where we you got the WNBA playing their games. Their games don't come on TV. Their time games don't come on ESPN. you got to catch it on your, your local neighborhood channel at a certain time, and there's always other slots where they compete against another sport. If you got WNBA on at 3 o'clock, then you got NASCAR coming on at 3.30, you're going to get some of your viewers that's going to be the WNBA going straight to NASCAR. Now, if you got the WNBA coming on at 7 o'clock at night, and you got the Braves going against the Oakland Athletics, the viewers going from the WNBA straight into baseball. So it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to, to get a woman's or a women's audience at a certain time slot because the way that their games in is it's like a weird time slot. It's like they're competing with the NBA. or NFL, you know, NHL. They're competing with so much. Now they got... It's, it's just so much with them. So you got to figure out a good time slot. I think they should be paying a little bit more money since they are the sisters and brothers to the NBA. All
0: right. I definitely agree and, with that. For sure.
1: Now... So we talk about NBA. Uh, we know Anthony Davis about three to four weeks, and it, it wasn't Achilles. It came out as a calf strain. Mother. So when you look at the Lakers, and by you no, know, no, they lost last night to the Miami Heat team, who's trying to fight their way back into playoff contention. If the playoffs are today, they would be one of a play in play. So you're looking at what you've seen last night for the Los Angeles Lakers: LeBron James, no, Terry Rozier, which I thought the Lakers had a good fight, but it let you know the Lakers still need their big body and more score again, the reigning champions of
0: the for 2020-2020. Yeah, you know, so I think, um, you know, like LeBron said, he got to adjust, you know, after the game. you said he got to adjust his game now to, to play without AD. Right. You know, I think, you know, once you make that adjustment, you know, they'll probably be look a little better than they looked in these past two games. Uh, but, you know, it's also things out there where, you know, DeMarcus Cousins is going to depart from Houston, and the Lakers you want know, to think about, you know, bringing them back. And he'll, this time he'll have a bigger role, you know, because the White Howard and JaVale McGee ain't there. So, right. you know, DeMarcus Cousins can possibly finally get that, that, you know, that chance he was looking for in L.A. And I think he'll be, if they add him, that'll be a great addition. You know, I know we haven't seen a lot of DeMarcus Cousins and the times he has played, you know, he has some up and down and Sometimes they're really good, sometimes not so much. But if they add DeMarcus Cousins, you know, like you said, they get maybe another – uh you know, score, right? Uh, either off the bench, you know, or you know, even deep, deep bench guy. I think that'll be enough to get him at least back to the finals. But you know, they all gotta pick up the the you know, they they burden with AD out because right. they haven't looked like the team can be with you know out of the rotation in the past couple games.
1: Um, we know, we know how LeBron with certain units. So He'll tell you it's not a sprint; as a man. And like you said, he shows some flashes of father time. Some games he don't. But, you know, as me being a uh, as a fan of LeBron James, and I know at certain points of the game. And I'm being honest, you know, sometimes he cries a lot to just go back on the front defend to get back on that side of the floor. I feel like now since you are, he's a team leader, so when he don't get a certain call, he throw his hands up. He don't get teed up. Now, Alex Caruso did the same thing LeBron did. Same exact thing. He teed up this fight. Like the whole Lakers unit going as their leader. When you don't get a call, you're a certain way. you arguing on the on the other end, the offensive end of the floor, he was about to go score. You, must, you didn't give a, a quick two or a possible end in a three ball. Don't even worry about it. Just play through it. And I feel like when you don't do that, it's, 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 it's been plenty of times last night. When they, they get no call, they was only down ball four. But well, they aren't even in the game with a, or a quick layup. Now they're down by six to eight points again. I feel like that whole night, they was down the last six minutes of the game in the fourth quarter by them being down by 10 points and being down by 20. Because when the Lakers come score a two- or three-pointer, they've defense, they wouldn't communicate no defense on the rotation end. Even Duncan Robinson before. Kendrick none. play lights out yep. as well. So they're getting all their pieces back from injury, and the COVID. And like you said, Marcus, in the last... Last we said Miami Heat is one of those teams that can fight their way back up in the ranks, even though right now they're sitting at number uh, number ten in the East. So right.
0: you know they already, they already made a uh, do a leap. They had already made a leap, but you know, from our last spot, I think there was like 14, fourteen, fifteen. So they yes. moved up four slots in a week. You know, and and they got starting to get healthy. You know, Jimmy Butler's uh, playing like Jimmy Butler again. Um, Bam is, you know, he's been kind of holding the fort down for this whole time. you know, And Kendrick Nunn is playing like how he played last year. The next person is just Tyler Hero. He wants to get him to play learn how he played in the bubble. You know, they may end up four or five. They may not even have to play a play-in game.
1: Right. Hold on. I got a fact for you, too. You know, I've been doing some research and, and stuff like that. John Lucas, he used to be the Cavaliers coach, right? Do you know he was a professional tennis player before professional basketball player? Look at that, Jim. <laughs> <I knew> that. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a professional tennis player. He played basketball. That was something I've been doing, you know, doing some research. And stuff. That was a fact right there. And I was like, yo, I was, I was like, yo, I was put back. Like, oh, wow, he played tennis. But but look at Jim Brown. He played lacrosse at Syracuse. That. So, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's still some things that, you know, other things that you should know about. The athlete before they came the athlete that took over the main sport. Let we talk. Sit here, talk about basketball. and What the Lakers need to do? What what big man is out there? the Curling that be shipped on the market? Uh, if they want to make another uh another title run. But I'm gonna say that later when we get agency or uh the trade them. So the hottest team right now, the NBA is Utah, sitting at 24 and six. Every since Shaq made that statement. About Donovan Mitchell and Tim you feel like Donovan Mitchell has took the initiative to take his game to another notch. Shaq told him that the like, only thing you have what it takes to, be, to take the game to another level. Now, remember, I think I'm, I'm going to pick Shaq's brain. The reason I'm going back and pick his brain, I think he said that because at one point in time, the Utah Jazz, I, like I think they was at one time sitting in the fifth or third seed at the time. He didn't feel like Donovan Mitchell was playing his capabilities to get back where they was. Now, remember, Bo Donovan was a problem and a headache. Sir, he sure was. <laughs> so now, what he's doing now is taking his game. He's being more aggressive. Now, When Shaq said, I've been watching you talk. Like I said, I like get an EBA lead pass. I enjoy every bit of it. But when you go around, like I said, I go around watch like different games. And certain games I see him play, he's been more aggressive. Not on the offensive end, the defensive end. And that's why he's getting... MVP type of votes and MP type of praises around his peers around the league. What he doing on the on the defensive end because we know he can do the offensive end, we know he can fill it up like it's nobody's business. So, when you look at a player like Adonis Mitchell, what do you see to him to get to that
0: next level if he want to win those peers over? You no, know, so like you say, you know, stepping up on the defensive end. Um, you know, uh, they lost to the Clippers, uh, it was a Thursday, mm-hmm. um, but. I like what I saw out of him that last two minutes of the game. You know, the Clippers had the lead, but he just wasn't giving up. You know, he just kept at it, kept at it. You know, he hit a few clutch threes where you're like, dang, I can't believe he made that to get the game to a three-point possession-by-possession game. So that's what it's going to take for him to win over. Like, I'm not taking this L lightly. Like, it's not going to be easy. I don't care if we down by 10 with five minutes to go 15. I'm going to keep coming. And he kept coming at the Clippers, you know. Right. Like I said, he hit them two threes to get it within three, um. And you know, it's it just he just didn't get that last one to go. I think that's what we need to see out of him um, going forward. You know, because they've been coasting, you know, they've been blowing teams out. So we need to see him in more close game situations where he's gonna will the team to win, no matter how everybody else playing.
1: All right. Another team also. I'm gonna go to the East. We'll go back and forth. So you go to the East. You know you got the Philadelphia Center teams right now, in the each 20 wins and 10 losses. But the other team, mm-hmm. I almost like Stephen A. Smith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Let's be honest. The Brooklyn Nets, 19 wins and 12 losses. Before the trade, it was 11-6. and six. Now, after the trade, it ten 10-6. So you're looking at where, you know, you're missing Kevin Durant, you know, with some 12. And this team, when they play against the Lakers, I think that was the Sunday. They face Lakers that Sunday, and a lot of people are saying, even myself, like, can this team be equipped enough to play defense? Can they do that? We know they can score. Mm-hmm. We know they can. We know they can erupt any time like a volcano. When you when you looking at the Brooklyn Nets, you are looking all right. You look at the paper, man. I on. Kyrie and James Harden. Not only James Harden, let's give that man some respect. That man, Joe Harris. Joe Harris. He is That's the nice. best. Buckets. Catch and shoot shooter in the NBA. He's ranked number one.
0: He definitely is. He's taking over that uh that Clay Thompson. Shine.
1: Man. Man. And two, not only you got Bruce Brown, made fun of him called Bruce Bowen, but actually, he's been strapping up on the defensive end. He, he make you strap up. And who else, who else been picking up too? That man James Harden, man. Definitely picking the slack up.
0: Yeah, he's and, been doing his Matador uh, defense. No. You know, his olé. He, he he been trying to stay in front, of him, which is better than what he normally does. Now, one thing I did hear, listen to on the on
1: one of these little podcasts, James Harrison said, kind of frustrated Houston Rockets, knowing every night I have to go out there and score thirty five to forty points for us to win. So when he said that. I thought about it. I said, okay, if if he goes sit on the bench, they got like a, a ten point lead in four minutes. You can be done by 15 points and no, so that whole time when you out there now, you come back and make a little debut. Come back in being on the bench, so you got to go in your head. All right, man, I got to really go on my bag. I got to go on my duffy and figure <laughs> out how can I bring this team back and win. So when you when you put all that together, but like, okay, you got a point there. So now you go to Brooklyn and play with people you're familiar with. You know him and KD play together. Stages the OKC Thunder. Day. Of course, they played together. Right along with Kyrie Irving. They already they already got that cohesion together. When you looking at those three, and I like what Kyrie did. He said, "You know what, James, be the ball handler, a two guard." I said, "This boy Kyrie, split." <laughs>
0: so now Dang James up. Harden
1: can dribble, make the moves, and get open. Guess what? It's an easy game. Kyrie Irving is by far the one of the best finishers in NBA league history. Like the way he raised the ball up, I don't know. I he's making the ball at a certain angles off the glass. But you can tell yeah. his dad. You can tell his dad, Mr. Irvin, took time with Kyrie to get it embedded in his head with the repetition. Hey, son, you are gonna have defenders out there bigger than you. You got some smarter. You gotta find different ways to score this ball off the glass. I'm gonna give you another best glass finisher in the cup area. I'm gonna tell you right now, Tim Duncan. Kyrie is, is on the floor. That once that ball hit that Man, glass, glass, it's money. Kyrie's Man. a finisher. Tim Duncan, a finisher. That's why I said, why don't we don't name? In certain categories, of being one of the greats. Tim Duncan, as people call you Timmy D, man, you are—you probably by far, like I said, my favorite. My favorite player, hands down, is Kevin Garnett. Would, now, you know, he's a power four, but people are like, who's the better power four between those? For me to be a KG fan, it's a, it would be hard to tell you, man. I can't say I'm gonna say Tim Duncan just because of the hardware he has, the the hard the hardware that he has. It does. It does it, do, it does a little bit more for you. He, he can get his team over the hump. You know, KG had to leave Minnesota to get the ring. He had to lead the West. Certain players had to lead certain ways to get to, to them a championship ring. Well, it's it's, 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 it's you know, that's acceptable. But man, Tim Duncan is amazing, Kyrie Irving, and them Brooklyn Nets, once they figure everything out and get them another big man, that team right there could be up for certain teams, not only bases, but it's a nightly basis, when the playoff time comes. You talking about they might do they might do a four 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 four. I'm not talking <laughs> about the wind
0: or that new Bird King either. Oh, right. I mean, I definitely agree with that because if, if they get a big man that that's like the uh, the key, like Khaled, that's the major key. If they get they, a big man that is more versatile than DeAndre Jordan, and everybody's healthy, they're coming cool. out the East. I, I know people want to. Uh, you Know and rightfully so, Jolin B having a, a hell of a year. Just dropped 50 you know a couple of days ago.
1: 50 is
0: not gonna be enough because Ben Simmons can't shoot and they have all the shooters on Brooklyn, and it, it just won't be enough if yeah. they don't get any more offense other than Joel and B.
1: Yeah, speaking of the 76ers, I, glad that I was about, to talk about. you took the verse right off. You know, Joel and B put the 50 burger with no cheese <laughs> and two. I think they did that without Ben Simmons. Now, what I do like about that offense, they run it up there in Philadelphia, you know, with Doc Rivers. Jordan B is playing more aggressive. I'm getting a lot in this camera. He's more aggressive. <laughs> He's not scared. He's taking heads off. Him. And the one thing I do like, he only take about two threes a game. That's all I need him to do. Everything else is under the basket. Once, once Doc said, man, play under the basket. You cannot be stopped. You got a floater. You got a nice little handle. You got a nice fadeaway. You can finish with the best of them. You can't. We can't even name ten guys right now that play basketball in the NBA that play that center position that's going to break it every night like he does. And
0: not ten. I mean, I could probably name four, but not ten. Besides no. Jokic, the Jokic
1: can put up a fifty burger before. So the yeah, yeah.
0: so big, you man, get, coming back. You a big yeah. man coming back. <laughs> so that, the big man coming
1: back. you looking at? You look at the Seventy Sixers. What they doing? Like I said, I said, it, I said it last year, Marcus and Tobias Harris, man, for him to be to sign that big contract, he has to play like the big. He gotta put up, he gotta give me twenty plus And so far, Guess what? Putting up twenty points. If you ask me, he should be an all-star reserve because of what he's been doing. A lot of players been making that that jump. So how do you feel about that, Tobias Harris being more aggressive?
0: I mean, it's it's certainly showing, you Wayne know, Collins, uh, and I think. A lot of it is because Joel Embiid more aggressive. You know, it allows uh, Tobias Harris to, to eat. You know, right. before, you know, if Joel Embiid ain't going to bring it, uh, the defense is not going to respect, you know, his uh, talent to the rate that they supposed to. That means everybody else will suffer. You know, everybody else getting just a little bit more attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has benefited Tobias Harris. You know, I, I don't think he, uh, he was one – to shy away from, you know, getting better in the competition. It's oh, just yeah. now he got a little more leeway, you know, to, to beat him. You know, and like I said, you know, comparing them to Brooklyn, you know, due to the matchup thing, you know, Tobias Harris is probably going to be, is he going to guard uh, James Harden or you going to guard mm-hmm. KD? Where they going to have, you know, Ben Simmons guard? So those matchups is going to play taking effect. So him doing doing you know, right now in the regular season is going to give him confidence to when they face a Brooklyn Nets or Boston Celtics. Yeah, I have confidence that he, I can
1: go out here and score and get it done, for us to win. Yeah, I do. I, I definitely do agree with that too because uh, we're looking at what they bring to the table. Is definitely he's been stepping up big. He's being more aggressive on the offense. The defense obviously, I just want to be more aggressive on the offensive end. They, I think they will Eastern Conference Finals. I want to move on to the West Coast. We'll go back and forth. Go to the West. What about the Phoenix Suns? What Chris Paul been doing? You know, like you said, that's one of my main, CP3. Just just, just making the game that much easier for younger guys like the Devin Booker, the DeAndre Ayton. Like I said, you got an Etuan Moore, another veteran shooter. And now you got Jay Crowder, another defensive guy, a veteran, to install that into young guys with the Dale Bridges and the Frank Kaminsky's. You look at the Phoenix Suns, people do. you know what? We're to go here. We're to get it easy. Now, Chris Paul... Having where the Phoenix Suns is the fourth best team in the Western Conference. Fight, I mean, in the Western Conference.
0: so no, he like a, he on your team into playoffs. He's like the the best leader in the NBA, and it where it, it shows up where you don't expect it. Exactly. So guys, who like a, a Dennis Schroder, mm-hmm. SGA, uh, Oklahoma last year, where they just like they right there, and then he come on and and then they like. It's like he take them to school. Like this is how you got to win. And next thing you know, they playing two or three levels above. I think the same is happening with Devin Booker. He was already great. Now he's greater. Um, yes. you got, uh, the young island, Aiden. He's kind of falling into his role. You know, he got, he getting closer to the basket playing as opposed to last year. He had some games. He spent too much time on the outside. Um, and you got, uh, Bridges. I think, Bridges. I think he low key is, uh, he like the glue to the 18. Because, you know, you don't know he out there until you look at the session. Like, yeah, he had 10 points, five rebounds, a couple steals. Like, he doing all the little things. Like, Chris Paul just got everybody on that team.
1: And Paul too, right, on top of what you said, Cameron Payne. Yeah, He's been playing better, too. So, you, look, you know, as I call him, Westbrook dancing, partner. He, yeah. And the funny part about it, we made a joke about it. OKC Thunder records, 11 to 18, 14 worst record in the West. Now, you can look at the, the Phoenix Suns, I nine. 19 and 10 pretty much got opposite records and I, oh, I've been saying it for the last couple of years. Why Chris never get mentioned. It's so funny because I feel like people watching our podcast or whatever the case may be. I go tune into certain local outlets or sports outlets okay. And they say the same thing I just said and I said before them. Remember, most of the time we crawl post on a Monday morning.
0: So I'm looking at that, I was
1: like, yo, I could be on TV or we could be on TV talking the same, the same exact thing, just because do you really think these guys really sit home and really watch 20, 30 games? Is that possible? They got too much going on. They got endorsement. They gotta do this. They gotta do that commercials. Me, I got the luxury. I can sit at home. You can sit at home. We can go through the quick game recap and see how what, what happened and transpired. So what I like about what I'm what we doing here is that this is real authentic. This is what we do. This I write down notes. Anybody force feed me you nothing. Know, I have a feel for the game, what's going on. I've been saying Chris Paul for the last three, four years to so always get mentioned MVP conversation. He should have been mentioned last year when he did to that Thunder team. They sent him there last year in a trade from Houston <laughs> to die. And he came back. And brought that team to the dead and put them in the playoffs. I mean, I know it didn't go like how they wanted. They forced the Houston Rockets to a game seven. All right. And Dort missed the game shot. Chris Paul wanted that game. But mm-hmm. as I can see it in my head, he rushed the shot. He should have head fake James Harden. Because James Harden go for head fakes. He oh, had to come very second. Very he the the head good. faked him, took a dribble to the left or to the right, and could have cashed it in for a three. They done one. So and every since then Chris Paul know what it takes, he know he got another killer in, in uh, Devin and Booker who can take over again. See that guy put up a 70 hamburger. But Chris Paul's name, all Mitch. I like what he's doing right now with those Phoenix uh, Suns, him and all. Like I said, it's always good to have a a coach on the bench, but you have a real floor general on the floor coaching guys in certain ways to be to get shots, which is – that was key. As soon as he got traded there, the first person he called was Devin Booker. We got to get some continuity now. I got to be familiar with your sponsors on the floor. That's what real veterans do. That's a vet. Right. Hats hats off to you. Now, Marcus, these Milwaukee Bucks, loser of their last five until the other night they won again. now, I said it before. I'll say it again. I was a seven foot bum. I mean, I don't care who don't like it, and you're like, oh, man, he's tripping. Blah, blah, blah. I said until so y'all gotta sit down and watch a 48 minutes of Yonas on a combo, and y'all tell me what, he, what, what does he do? Bro, um, okay, and he you
0: don't stand and he don't.
1: He's
0: long.
1: He, he's tall. <laughs> he's tall. He hit one three pointer. Somebody said, what? He can shoot? No, he can't. They just happened to go in that night. <laughs> and in plenty of games, he can't hit the he can't hit the 15-footer. Like I said, the man can barely hit free throws. His brother has to knock on wood so he can make his first free throw. So what would that tell you? His brother <laughs> don't believe in free throw. They get the same super free throw technique. So, when I'm looking at that team, does Giannis Adekubo regret assigning that contract? Folks, does Giannis Adekubo regret assigning that contract?
0: I mean, She's going after the uh going after the she? bag, yeah. <laughs> and it's not like he, uh, if he wanted to change course and kind of follow suit with some of his interests, he can right. always say, "I want to be traded." You will have to trade him, and he'll have both. He'll have his kicking you out a big contract—and he'll be whatever team he wants. Um, right. I don't think he will do that. Uh, he don't seem like that type of guy. But he's gonna either pick up, got to pick a struggle. He either got to get his. Uh, Basket game together right. all the way. You know, you gotta get some post moves. He gotta get more moves down low, or he gotta get better outside. And I think it is natural, more natural for him being like seven feet tall to just do the basket game, and then get uh, another. You know, I think they got actually got enough perimeter guys. when they, they good? David uh, Holiday, Middleton. I think they got enough perimeter guys. They just gotta p- have him pick. Where are he gonna be at? Is he gonna uh, a KD prototype, Ooh. or is he gonna be more like a, um, you know, a, a Shack that's a little more athletic, a little more versatile? Okay. You know? okay. So because if he if he choose that Shaq route, is I don't think nobody can stop him because he got he gonna have a little bit of handle, he gonna have a, a jump shot enough to where he can hit 10, 15 footers, and he got the, you know the tenacity, like he got the not not quit motor. I think that'll probably get him closer to the to the finals than him trying to shoot threes. That's just my opinion.
1: I know everybody plays a, a, the NBA game to what to win championships. That's what you came here for. Your whole your whole childhood thing, like to go play in the biggest stage for the game winning championship. Okay, they drafted Giannis at a high pick. They didn't know nothing much about him. as knew he's a lanky, which at the time was six. Eight. at the time, he grew some more. Um, talk about a guy who was so loyal to the company. Where is the... And, and follow, me, follow me what I'm about to say. Because I want to be loyal. I want to be like other players. Which I'm throwing shots out to the geese of LeBron's You can't throw a shot off a someone that, that these guys have. Multiple rings. Olympic gold medal. You cannot take a shot. Score medals. Whatever. Whatever the case may be. So just think about this. You're trying, to five, you're trying to five year deal with them. If it don't work out by that third year. get the company going to do to you? They're gonna put they gonna move you. By being loyal, the whole ordeal, you, you came into the league to win a championship. Like I said, don't get me wrong, some guys come in just to make money. Some guys it's okay, just making the money. But some guys come in. You can't you can't have both. You gotta pick one. Because when you win, the money comes regardless. When you don't win, you all you gonna do is keep signing these contracts, with these dead end teams, you're not gonna go nowhere. We had a chance to go play for the a golden state Warriors. Just imagine playing for the Warriors right now this year. Clay Thompson injured. James Wiseman injured. You would have been the next star taking over because you made it easy for Steph. And right now, Steph Curry still turning the league up right now. And their team right now is in the playoff game. They sit in that eighth them. and the. And I'm upset about Giannis. He could have went any he could have went any, any team that he wanted to. They would have gave him the bat. The whole thing was he had to go to a team that could adapt to his style, where he could adapt to the other player's style. He could have went to a team like the Utah Jazz. That seemed to be scary good. Because if you look at Rudy Gobert,
0: Rudy Gobert and Giannis, and Giannis, that'd be, both like, at the the rim. be like the best team defensive team since the Bulls.
1: <laughs> right. And you know, and one thing I'm gonna say, Rudy's not a offensive scorer, but he's a defensive threat. Just imagine that you got two of them guys. You got a seven footer and a six
0: nine or 16-11 guy. I mean, those are the last two years, the defensive players You know, Giannis went last year. Rudy wanted.
1: So he could have went there. Now That it's scary. Not you. line him up with. you got Rudy at the center. Oh yeah, you just move to the power forward spot. Oh, my God. Then you got Boyan. No, you put Joe Ingles at the
0: Ingles. Boyan
1: at the two and Don Mitchell at the one. My God. And they still got
0: have Mike Conley. Mike Conley. Oh yeah, Mike Conley at the
1: one. Yeah, the, up, yeah Mike Conley at the one. I'm sorry. M C Matt Tien at the one. Then you have uh, Mitchell at the two. Then you could put Boyan at the three. And Boyan, you got him at, I'm at the four. Oh my God! But, uh, you that was that six
0: men too. Yeah, it was just six men. but like Royce O'Neal or Jordan in Atlanta with either one, or Jordan Clarkson Jordan Clarkson. I mean, if he would have went there, that that Utah team there look they look good now. They, they would look, look scary, <laughs> scary if he was on their team. I know we we just got through calling though, Andre Iguodala, you know, like a uh, one trick pony, pretty much. But if he's paired with, you know. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, like You wouldn't even you couldn't even tell you wouldn't, you wouldn't even Yeah, because it, it yeah. would be no room for him to do any of that other, you know, those shooting threes in transition and all that. Like there will be no room for him to do that. Man, dude, hold on. Now we know what Mike Conley
1: can do with Center, what Greg Oden did with Ohio State. Just imagine now you got Rudy Gobert and him running on the floor together. They fighting for loops. <laughs> um speaking of going well, back and forth, we got the Boston Celtics, fifteen to fourteen, they're in problem. Like, what's going on?
0: Oh. I mean, like I said, you know, in the last five, it's really up to Kimba. Kimba Walker is the link to them being good. Uh, the better he plays.
1: You think you know, so?
0: Yeah. because Him and, well, I'll say him and Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is hurt. So, but if he was in the lineup, I think that would be a little better. But both of them, too. So, like, if you, if you look at it in hindsight, you got Terry Rozier. For Kimba Walker. You know, that, that basically was the trade. Terry Rozier is has been killing it in Charlotte. He just hit a game one or the other. Yeah, I, I know and he's younger. He had he doesn't have a the that injury history as that Kimba has. I, I would say Boston would probably at this moment have, rather have Terry than wow. Kimba. And I would think they would be better off if the if the rules was reversed. You're right, you know, so crazy, you know. Out of the
1: 30 games they played, Terry Rozier hit the ball twice. He hit the 30 ball one, two, three, four times. I think the lowest scoring game he had, he had a six point. I think because they took him out because of injury. But, uh, but other than that, he's been turning the league up. And you, that's crazy. You took the words of a mile, too, about that. So you, I think the Celtics would have benefited more having scary Terry than Kemba Walker because Kemba Walker is having one of those seasons. He's still trying to fill his way into the team. By him being by him leaving a team, by him being able to score, him having the ball in his hand oh, probably about out of forty-eight minutes, thirty-eight minutes of the game, is a little bit different going to a team where where Jason Tatum can control the ball, or Jalen Brown can control the ball, they can find a different ways to score. So now they rely relying on Kim Walker now to to do other things. Or oh, he gotta get open. He hit the three point ball. The three ball is not his strongest spot. He's a strong fifteen foot shooter and he attacks the basket well. So you not see him do that more often. You look like, man, what's Kemba at? I think that was the whole downfall right there, trying to learn a new system his way. How can he insert himself into that type of system to other basketball? Yes, Marcus Smart only, he gets he been playing in that same system. But as you said, I'm going to say the fault relies on the company.
0: Okay. I mean, I, that. I mean, Brad Stevens, he gets all the uh, the, the glory, show. but they right. rarely ever get ridiculed. Really so I, I appreciate you saying that.
1: <laughs> When you looking at Brad Stevens came in the game from Butler, young coach, he had his he had his uh his, at the time his all time collegiate score of university on the team with him Gordon Hayward
0: he He's also the work doing out. good in
1: Charlotte right. too he's doing also good, doing, good. <laughs> doing very well so when I look at got down am like, hey, you had Gordon Hayward and is gonna be a good this is a matchup made in heaven you get your, you get one of the guys that you coached in college now you give him the NBA this should be a piece of cake. He could not find no way to shake that mold. With what it is, I'm going to say with Brad Stevens, I don't see nothing that's changed. They play with the same system. You got to find different ways for these guys to score the offensive end. Yeah, I, as I see, he's a more defensive-minded coach. But what can your team do for you offensively? They go through so many lineups. They not get no continuity. You got Samaja Ogilvy starting at one time. Now you go back and forth. You got Tristan starting. So you got to figure out who's going to be part of this rotation so he could take off. You're not getting that with him. That's why, as you look at it every year, quiet as kept. They're just been coaching in Boston. They had like number one seed for like almost like two weeks during the course of the NBA regular season. They are no better than a four or a five team in the East every year. They always finish before and five, and cannot get out the first round of playoffs most of the time. Last year they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. He's in the bubble. They went up against Jimmy Butler and them boys. And just I remember that game, you know, that game went down. Jason Taylor was having a lights out game to that block at the end of the game uh, that Bam put up on the backboard. So they got to find different ways to get different guys to score. And I always thought it was a problem, but they had a good problem. But at the same time, they got to move Jalen Brown. I think their front court is too crowded.
0: I mean, that. I can see how that would make sense. I mean, either move him or, or Jason Tatum, one or the other. Um, but then they would have, they will certainly have to find a void for that, because those two are really the reason why they ain't really six or seven, right? Least, you know, it's Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum because they've been kind of keeping it. You know, uh,
1: they keeping their shoulders above water. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's the crazy part, Marcus. If Boston lose two games, do you know these guys can drop all the way down from the four seed? To
0: the, to the 12th seed. I mean, the East, that part of, that area of the East. Uh, it like it's damn packed. It's like five traffic. 10 is like a game or two difference. And the team ain't really all that, um, I would say, different as far as talent. Like, they're all equally talented. You got Toronto who, who made a jump. We talked you about it. Miami who made a jump. Even Charlotte the Knicks. who made a jump. The Knicks making a jump. Uh it's like all those teams are like really evenly matched, paired. Uh you know, injury or a team going to win street, they they're up to four or five you know, four or five as opposed to being ten or eleven.
1: Right. You know, you got two surprise teams in the east, the Charlotte Hornets and the New York Knicks. Now now last year, no, the year before this, around this time, boys, I ain't gonna say anything but shout out to Yo, know, Dante, take got these tickets, they blah for the horn. You know, we go down every year. We wanna t- so we go to this luncheon. Luncheon. We sit down. They got Mid Cup check for the at the rich child fire by Mike. Mitch Cup check actually you know, proud product you UNC he asked to play for the target. He went on to be a he was a Baker's GM with the guys of Kobe Ryan and Shaq, of those players. So you know, we sit down, we have lunch with these, you know, I'm hobnobbing with some with some, you know, we billionaires. To be honest with you. They had like some questions they was asking the fans. But I raised my hand up, like, yeah, you they're right there. So like, you got any questions? I was like, all right, Nick Cup. I said, hypothetically speaking, this is a real question. I'm not like I said, I'm no TV broadcasting. This is what I do right here. I say, like, Mr. Cupchat. I said, first and foremost, hypothetically speaking, I said, by you taking over the GM spot of the Charlotte Hornets, I know you're bringing in Tony Parker. Tony Parker is not the player that he was for. Did you bring him in here? To help groom Kimball Walker. To become a better pro. Show him different things off the court. That's my first question. This is my second question. I only got two questions. My second question is. What are we going to do with this Nicholas, this Nicholas Batum contract. For the five year <laughs> 120. Because. You know our city. You know I'm from Cleveland Ohio. But I've been living in Charlotte for now. it would be 10 years this year. I said our city. Since I've been in Charlotte. We want to go to the playoffs. We're not satisfied just getting there. We want to win. and make it past the first. I said but. Nicholas Batum is not playing up to his standards of a five-year 120 at that time. The guy's only averaging at best at that time was eight points and four rebounds per game with three assists. So he got you not, Marcus. Big cup check did just like this. Said, <laughs> so that's a good question. Said, I'm going to specialise one of those type of questions. He said, you don't work for the media, do you? I said, no, sir. Mm-hmm. He said, you got a business for that. You got an eye for that. He said, but to answer your question, um. He said, we noticed what's going on with type of certain contracts. You know, in due time, we will deplete those contracts out. And we want to see more from the teams, you know. He said, I know you guys tired of seeing the team lose. You want to win product. I said, who? I and said, I said, yeah, of course. I said, everybody want to win. I said, am I right, people? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So as they going through, they came back to me. he was like, so how do you, what do you think the Hornets I said, at first, I said, it's going to be hard to have a five-year deal with $20 million. For a player who's not producing, it's hard to move a contract like that. I said, well, I, I, if I was a GM, I said, listen, if I was a GM, I'll wait till we get down to the fourth or fifth year of his contract. I would try to eat that contract up, either release him or move him, because I feel like if you that, if you trade him away, you still have to play that player. If you release him, you can at least eat the twenty or twenty five million dollars of the contract up. You don't take a hit and cap space. He said, I, I like that. He said, I definitely do like that. Coming from a fan, do you know Marcus? Two years later, which is last year of uh, that contract, we had the fifth year. They released that dude. <laughs> they ate that part of the contract up. I sit back at the house and I'm like, look, I could have been a GM on the Charlotte Hornets, <laughs> and it's so crazy that I was in chapel. We was we had that lunch in Chapel Hill, in the Dean Dome, eating lunch with them. Now I'm a Tar Heel fan, so I watched it. I was in basketball heaven, but that's a little known fact. The idea. I actually talked to a real GM, and they held my emphasis on how to teach structured. I said, bring some pieces in. Don't go. Don't spend crazy and try to get a superstar. They'll be trying hard to get a superstar in Charlotte, just because it's a small market town. I said, these guys want to play in cities where they got the lights. It's always sunny. I said, they want to get. Out, when they come home from work. They want to drop that top and ride on out. I said, here, Charlotte is more of a family city. I said, some players you can skate through here. You want even know? You be walking to start that sunset by 9:00 a.m. You get home, he shot a commercial and destroy you. Like that was him, <laughs> but that's how this. That's how this here. I thought as right now, I thought the Hornets were doing good. When James Borrego came in as the coach that summer, he talked to us at the time. His whole project said, "Look, it's going to be some time." He said, "Trust and believe, I can get us to where we need to be." Last year, I think they missed the playoffs. Last year, by what four games? They wish they should have been one of the teachers should have been Should have been, yeah. been in the bubble. I'll let you know, the NBA loves the Western Conference because they let them come in with the most um, bubble team. The, ABM, the East only came in with one. That was the Washington Wizards at that time. So you look at the playoff bubble team, and the Charlotte Hornets is right in the thicket. Thing. And the way they've been playing, the mellow ball playing lights out. Harvey, your undisputed Rookie of the Year, uh, Rose here. I'm gonna say it right now. I know, I, I know that Julius Randall's getting all this love for Most Improved Player. Come on, dog. Terry got to go up there. And no, I'm gonna break mentioned. it down. He got through 30, right? 30 games, Julius Randall's at averaged 23 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, and five assists, which is almost sixty-six a game. It's averaging a double double. Can't take that away from uh the New York Knicks are fourteen and sixteen in the East. That right now they the eighth best they got the eighth, the eighth best record in the in, the, in, the, in the Eastern conference. Now I go to the Charlotte Hornets. who got the seventh best record in the conference at 14 and 15. Terry Rosier is averaging through thirty games, twenty one per game, four rebounds and three assists, which is still good because that's improving numbers. They are improving. Of course, the Julius Randle will get all the love. New Knicks made it's, it's in New York. And say he's playing for one of the basketball and Mecca's. And you're talking about one of the second or third richest uh, organizations in the NBA. And and two, the fan base is bigger. So and say New York Knicks stay with where they get in the playoff, in the playoff type heat battle, he's probably gonna be your most improved player. Just because where they're playing at.
0: I mean, they got their own media network. I mean, MSG. MSG. So that that's just adding on to the to the media, uh, media pot. So they're gonna always, if you're in New York, you're doing decent. You're just gonna get a little bit more uh, shine than a team in Charlotte or Cleveland, Oklahoma.
1: (laughs) Right. And two, going and speaking about, you know, you got the Cleveland Cavaliers. Before the trade, they was eight and nine. Right there, they was in sixth place. In the right? They was in the thick of things after the trade. Boy, they was like a stock market. <laughs> it's it was like, <laughs> should I buy it? Should I buy the Kevin or else? somebody sell the Cavaliers? Right after the trade, market. is 20 to 13. They are they 10 to 20.
0: They went on like a 10 game loser, I think. They didn't want one game. Uh, Not after, one. After that trade. So it, they got to trade Andre German. I think that's a, a part of their struggles. Um, and Kevin Love is hurt. Uh, it, it, it just seemed like they, um, they like lost their identity after the trade. Like they, they made the trade to become a, a defensive team, but then they, you know, they figured they had to play Andre Drummond. Like he was just saying about uh, Batum. If you're gonna trade somebody, you gotta play him. Uh, Andre Drummond was averaging a double, though he's leading the league in drinking the Kool Aid, Marcus. But his, uh, his attitude, like he knew he wasn't gonna be staying once they got Jared Allen. His attitude change, His production and attitude that always affect everybody else on the team. It's like, it's nothing, is no re- resolve for that. You got to trade him now because he knows he's going <laughs> to.
1: All right. I think the one night like, he had the back to back, was 20 games? And Magic Johnson said, you know, Drummond playing outside of his mind. When I see, when, I, when he got that, I see the car across I said, nah. now he's going to feel like he the boss now because I feel like, see, I tell you, I'm better than Jared. Right. And the whole thing is like you said, Markieff ended right on the head. Once he got, once they got Jared Allen, he feel like, man, they bring him here. I thought, <"S-> you only signed a one year deal. You didn't sign a three or four. You knew eventually, he was after on all his on, his, right. on his on his own. Like you said, bad chemistry. He wore a sweatshirt and the silent. I said farewell. I'm gonna say it once again, I don't know what's up with these younger guys that play in the league that's 25 and under. I'll, 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 whatever the case may be, have an old. That's not professionalism, period. I can't tell these guys how they feel when they wake up in the morning. This is a game that you play your whole life as a child. You play high school football, you get to the NBA, you get millions of dollars. You got guys, as we got guys in every city that that is better than you. You just got the better chance because you had the grades or a better situated to go where you had to go. It's always a guy in a major city that is 10 times better than some of these guys in the pros. Because the crazy thing is, they even say it. Mm-hmm. They want to just fit the mold got it when it takes to get there. They was more hungry.
0: Yep.
1: For a prime example, you seen the Lenny Cooks?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Big beast. A beast. Mm-hmm. He, did, he, did, he showed you throughout that course of that DVD that I was watching. He was uncoachable. He knew it all. He was hard-handed. So you put those three things together, the lead. They want the guys that's going to listen, the guys that's coachable. Don't get it into There's some guys in the that league that's uncoachable because they got there. When they feel like they got to a certain point, they know it. So when I look at guys like Andre Drummond who don't want to play, I want to play in the NBA. I would I would kill to get there. Out of 60 guys in the NBA, only one can make it. Out of 60 guys, let's think about all them guys. This is it's a one in sixty, a one in sixty chance that you're gonna get picked. Go get picked in the first and the second round. The rest of the guys go to the G League. You got some guys go to, to the uh, to the G League. Never come off the G League.
0: That's true. I mean, so so, what do you think about what Andre Drummond said? I mean, um, you know, after they played the Cavs, and, you know, Andre Drummond, I mean, Andre Drummond, DeAndre Green, Draymond Green, shit, Draymond. <laughs> <laughs> he you know he came up and it was like the team should be vilified because they came to a mutual agreement with to sit and you know, play because. You know earlier in the year James Hart, you know, he did he went very similar. He just wasn't you know, he was putting up stat, but he was a, a malcontent. He was a bad chemistry guy on the team. Um and he said the media, you know, scrutinize him, but they won't scrutinize the team. So how how you feel about what the green said?
1: Man, this is how I feel about Draymond Green conversation. It's different when you're on the winning on the winning team. That's number one. I agree with that. <laughs> When you play on a winning team, you been multiple championships, you don't know really, 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 really feel like how to how to, to lose and go to that, that type of audience. Yeah, you have some losing seasons, but you've not, you haven't been part of losing every year since you've been in the league. Andre Drummond has not won anything in the league. He's not made, he has not made
0: it to the playoffs. Well, he made it to the playoffs one time. One time. Because that's Compared, when he <laughs> sweep
1: them. Yeah, one time. One time. You look at everybody else. What Go to St. Warriors? What since Draymond Green been there, they didn't miss the playoffs. With him being, out, I think, three times, once last year, and before Mark Jackson came in, coach. So he always had a winner count comp- um, chemistry. Two, never get involved in another man's business. <laughs> the reason oh, I'm man. saying that too, because you don't know what type of agreement that they came up for Andre
0: Drummond. Uh, a thousand percent stamp that was, I learned that very young. <laughs> get okay, another man business. on man's
1: money. Is money. <laughs> right. <laughs> when I first see him say that, I know the basketball. they are more of a But you know what Andre Drummond said to all Kobe Altman and Dan Gilbert? Hey, they could have went to him and said, hey, hey, Drake, this is going to happen, Drummond. What do you want to do? Put this the long haul time? For the long haul? Or do you want to sit out? We find a trade party, a trade you to that you desire. We pay you for sitting out. He could have said, "All right, cool. I'm cool with that." <laughs> That's the back end that that we don't know. Right. So when um when um Draymond Green went up there and said that, I said, "Draymond, you can't do that." Because remember, you was against the, he was against the costume company, and they was gonna trade him. Mm-hmm. What he do? He got quiet. He was cussing people out. He just played basketball. Work the contract deal back out. He's back with the team. What Draymond Green did—that was the ultimate no for me. It was—I know it's was no for you because he don't know what can happen in that back end of that story. It's always two sides of the story. Draymond ain't gotta say nothing. I'm gonna sit back. I'm gonna be quiet. Pay right. me. I'm gonna wear her every game.
0: Still getting paid. You still getting paid? I think that—that's the the difference in it. Like you still gonna get paid, Are you right. paying or not. Whereas, if you, you know, do what James Harden did, is say you don't want to play on a team. He quit. And go out there and give, like I said, you amounted you just bad energy. That's really affecting the team overall and everybody else, all your teammates. And, like, it's impacting so many, much more people. Whereas, if they just sat them on the sideline and build chemistry with the guys who was going to be there, I think that's different. I bet you that. you know, just... The team comes to an agreement with you not going to play until they trade you or somewhere where you want to go.
1: <laughs> I got you say that because we watching those games. James Harden quit, and Demarcus Cousins said, "Hey, he didn't come to meetings. like this. he quit on us." And he quit. You got somebody like Demarcus Cousins come back from an Achilles injury, come back and play. He going to tell me that the Houston Rockets said, "We wait, we're going to part ways because we want to go smaller"? <laughs> That's disrespectful. To that GM, they just got Raphael Stone or the Houston Rockets, the new GM. That was a bad decision. Not only you got DeMarcus Cousins, you got him on the cheap end of the bargain. You got a guy you got a guy every night is going to give it his all. Even though he ain't got the same explosives. Once, he's still a threat. He's still a threat. To tell him, hey, we're going to part ways
0: with you. You want to go even smaller? How small you want to go? Christian Wood is not Short. They really it's the same situation in Cleveland. They really want Christian Wood as their future. So they want to get more menacing. Just <laughs> just say that. Don't say we want smaller because Christian Wood is like, what is he? Like sixteen? Seven? Yeah. You just want to go with Christian Wood. Just say it. Just just say that. So oh, now no, but I think that opened it up, you know, like I said earlier. You know, Demarcus Cousins got is in a real sweet spot. You know Brooklyn, we need a big man. We got the Lakers. The filler boy for the two big men. They like either way, he's gonna be in a winning situation.
1: He's smooth around the basket, and two, I'm gonna tell you, he was gonna mess with the Houston Rockets. I did say this um, at the next season. They might to be the worst team in the NBA. The reason I'm saying this, you're gonna lose Eric Gordon or this year's free agency. Victor Depot, you're gonna lose him the free agent. You already lost to Marcus Cousin, right? right? Daniel House will be gone unless you give him the bag. So what are you gonna do? So what are you gonna do? Other person in the name gonna be that is is John Wall.
0: John Wall, Christian Wood. <laughs> they will be their guys. Unless they do something to give uh Victor Depot to stay. Um you know, we know PJ Tucker is
1: there. Oh, matter of fact, Marcus, we can switch that kind of subject right now. Now we got a trade there last time. These are the names I've been hearing so far to trade. PJ Tucker, small four power forward Rockets. DeMarcus Cousin, you know they parted ways. It's a Power Four. it might be Blake Griffin, Eric Gordon. Hassan Whiteside, uh, Bradley Beal, Andre Drummond, Kevin Love, Kemba Walker, Harrison Barnes, Kyle Lowry, Vukovic for the Orlando Magic. These are the names I've been hearing coming up in trade. So one name that caught me by surprise is Mo Bamba because he hasn't really been on the floor since he's been in the league. I heard the Lakers definitely want him too as another boy to to go alongside either to pick up him or white Whiteside. So if it's the Lakers, you got to pick a big man up that's going to come in your, in your system, think going to help you out right away. Everybody know obviously the big man will have we can sign Whiteside to fill that void at the center spot, shot blocker, defender, runs to the floor, will get you about twelve and fifteen. Just played one of his best games that he had so far in the season. Uh, he had twenty-five points, sixteen rebounds, and five blocks. So he came up with one of his best game. So you're looking at Mo Bamba. We don't know what his best. We haven't seen him yet. Good
0: or not? he can play in the NBA for real. We just know
1: he got a song, here. right? So you look at a guy like a PJ Tucker. I'm gonna tell you a team out there who has a PJ Tucker nice like song. The last time these two guys played together, man, was in college, at Texas University. That's a, that's another defender for you, a corner knockdown shooter from the wings. That's a good fit.
0: That'd be a great fit. If they like I said, PJ Tucker, big man. In the I'm East, just, I'm telling you, they, they might as well lock them in. I hate to say that, because the NBA is like that. If they get PJ Tucker and the big man, just lock them in for the easter Conference.
1: If I still think Kevin Love going to get moved, I think he's going to get sh- moved to a team that's going to shock everybody. I still think he may go to the Portland Trailblazers.
0: Yeah, just happens it's, it- it's a triangle. Portland, Golden th- State, LA, the those are sweet spots for Kevin. Like you said, in all shockers. Like if you go there, you like, man, that's what not expect that. Now, I'm
1: going to tell you something that's crazy. Since the pandemic, I'm a, I am love watching flip houses, apartments, and stuff like that. Forever home. Dude, do you know Kevin Love got a house?
0: Sure, he does. <laughs> he has houses and condos in the big city.
1: So, if he can go to the Brooklyn Nets, and the crazy thing he said, you know, I'm only a couple minutes away from Brooklyn. I said, this dude just tell me on DIY he might be going to the Brooklyn Nets? We're just, <laughs> just saying that, just, just speaking. Right. think there's a possibility he could be there, too, as well. Like you said, all the teams named. He has people there that he likes. He grew up in the Oregon area. Grew up a Portland Trailblazers fan. He could play for the Lakers. He won a championship with LeBron. He could play in Brooklyn. He won a championship with Kyrie. Ample stops for guys like that. A guy like Kevin Love, where you want to go? Because Dan Gilbert goes, you know what? You're, you're the longest senior captain that's here on the roster of one championship besides Matthew Della Vadova. Where do you want to go, Kevin? Oh, here. Let's see. Give him some love. Hey, we're going to trade Kevin Love to the, to the Portland Trailblazers for a second round draft pick. Dad, give him to take that. Just because he you know, i don't have to pay Kevin Love that last $27.5 million on that contract. Right.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> a trade they may come through, I'm saying, it's going to start here by probably Harrison Barnes making a move. Now, if he goes to the Boston Celtics and they still keep. And they can still keep uh Jalen Brown and uh Jason Tatum and Kimball Walker may get moved probably to uh to Sacramento or maybe a three or four team trade. I still think something's gonna happen. I do think I do think the Boston Celtics is gonna find their way to move Kimball Walker and have Marcus Smart start their the point guard spot. You might be true about
0: that. That may be that maybe uh
1: for We'll see. <laughs> just look at what they gave up. Look. When well, you ask people who better between Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart, the people want to tell you Terry Rozier, but well, they kept Marcus Smart. You know why? He's a defender. They ain't got right about him scoring out there. But if you bring somebody else to score, like Kemba Walker's not finding his way, he looked at times throughout the game, he looks frustrated. Him looking like all right, Danny Andrew, what can we get for Kemba? Bradley Beal still me no, I'm, not, I'm not fooling. So he want to stay here. That's the right answer for the media.
0: He's doing the opposite, of, you know, what we just talked about earlier. He's going out and to everybody involved. He want, he want to play his play, good chemistry guy. But deep down, it's probably is it, he want to go to a winning situation? <laughs> he want no. to a winning, I know they they won some games, so then like I said, they they back in that ten through fifteen range. So things can turn around. Like they win a couple more, two more games, they right there. They can be another, They can be back in the bubble. But the crazy thing is, you now they' better go through a little stretch of their schedule.
1: Do we see the the crying Bradley Bill, or are we gonna get the Dubs? We don't know. I still think they're gonna trade Bradley Bill. We don't know to where. Lakers can't give up much. Lakers already squeezed the cap space. It only a
0: couple destinations
1: so you can really go. I think, like, so if you look at players like a player, can, Demarcus Cousins and Drummond. I believe those. What are those two guys gonna end up in the Brooklyn? It depends who make a move first. If you're going through a stretch with Anthony Davis, and so far without Anthony Davis, I think two wins, like four losses, it's kind of tough. So you look at something like that down the stretch? How can we get any better? Ain't but so much of a, Alex, a KCP, um, Wesley Matthews can't throw a rock into his his next neighbor yard, next door neighbor's yard. So you looking at stretches like that? The guy can't hit a basket. It's uh, it seemed like they got rid of Danny Green. and picked up Danny Green again. East, East, East. <laughs> so the Lakers need to do is they gotta come out from the bench when they play young for the Kubo little bro. We gotta see what he got. I'm y'all, sure he I know got y'all,
0: something.
1: He got something to take. I know y'all believe in Tht. I know oh, we yeah. got the. Look, he been I'm looking at that. Looking at players like that, I'm like, we got the G League. Against these players, only one G League they've been called up this year. That's Max Strauss from the Miami Heat. That,
0: that, that's a good nugget.
1: There's so only one player been called up be year. When are you gonna call some more up? Why have these guys play in the G League for six or seven seasons and they ain't never been called up? You don't know what you have over there. Pop ain't scared to call these guys up. Copy. Pop find some gems. Yeah, he so, he does. So, another guy like an Aaron Gordon. Aaron like Gordon get traded from Lando Magic to a playoff contender team. He can shoot the three. and he runs the floor. Coaches love when you can do that. The main two things the coaches love: defend and run the floor. If you run the floor, the ball gonna come your way. Uh Kyle Lowry may be on the move. But they they won a game with no Kyle Lowry the other night. Van Vliet and uh and Norman Powell. Norman Powell came off the bench and hit his career high with thirty one points. So you're looking at stuff like that. I'm in to different things at different angles. Um like I said, Blake Griffin's another guy. He goes somewhere and stand out and be able to a contention team. Like I said, He's, he's not the player that he wants. Like this guy hasn't had a dunk since December of 2019. <laughs> uh, you know, Once he dunked on that Kia, he ain't been dunking on Kia yeah, man, no more. Trying to dunk on the phone, but... <laughs> Look, Marcus, we're going to wrap this up. All-star snubs as starters. I'm going to say these names. You tell me what you think. Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell. It's not
0: enough spots for him, but... They all should have been. I mean, you can make an argument that they all should have been starters, but I, I would say, um, based on the stats, you know, because you know, you know how we feel about Chris Paul, we kind of biased towards him. Yeah, he's but
1: fourth
0: because the fourth best Dame got this. Dame got the fifth. Donovan Mitchell the number. One. Damian Lillard and Donovan Mitchell is no way that they shouldn't have been starting. What Damian Lillard been every night while CJ's been out? There's out. No reason why he shouldn't have been a starter. Donovan Mitchell, number one team in the in the West. Why is he not a starter? It's the fans' fault because, you know, we do the voting. So they they got this attachment with Steph Curry. Steph Curry been balling.
1: He's been balling.
0: I ain't saying he ain't. But what they do to LeBron every year for MVP saying, well, it's about the year someone's having. We know Steph Curry's great. But these guys are having a better year thus far. You know, Steph Curry is having a nostalgic year. But it's not as consistent as those guys we mentioned.
1: Yeah, right and on top of that too, they got a thing in the league too. On certain days, you vote. The voice. Now remember, NBA is global. So if you got a smartphone, if you go on a website, you got to realize of a player like, like I said, for prime example, Luca Doncic, who's right on the Dallas Mavericks right now, 13 and 15. He's from a small country. If not people in that whole country, you vote. On that day, three hundred thousand people in that country, and they all voted for him. They say everybody in that country voted for him. That's nine, That's 900,000 votes, Marcus, for the next couple of days. That's a million votes that Donovan Mitchell or Damian Lillard got to compete with. you got to remember, in the West, who's voting for those really them guys? Utah, my really going to be voting like that. They're going to vote for their guys, but they're not going to vote every day. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
1: that was it's like, a small country. Like was Look at Me, He's the leading vote-getter every year in the NBA when he plays.
0: Yeah, the whole China bag in him That's like 1.3 that's billion. New the United States. <laughs> right.
1: So you can't. So there's no rule for that. You're gonna lose. Um, one more thing, Marcus. I know we did our thing, with the MVP conversation, most improved player, and six million a year. Who would you get at two right now?
0: I would give uh, six million to um to Jordan Clarkson. He more. He, um, you know, he just. In Cleveland, I think he, you know, because he was in Cleveland, LeBron was only people to pay attention to him that much. But he was doing those same things he's doing yeah. on Utah in Cleveland. Exactly. He's just doing it at a more consistent way on a one in team.
1: Right. I, you know, the crazy thing is, Marcus, looking at Jordan Carson, so the worst scoring output that he had so far was nine points. Everything else was the higher. So far he had a forty point ball. He's been like you said, Marcus, the whole thing of been consistent on the offense, and not only two even they are trying to play deep. The one thing he has been run on better is he has hit the three into the hole way more than has in the past. He's way more craftier, which I like to see that now. Well, what about your most your the uh, most improved
0: player? Most improved. Uh, I'm gonna go with Terry Rozier. I just think he's going underrated uh, as what he's, he's doing in right on- Charlotte, yeah. Is, yeah. and they're winning, yeah. and that's you can't substitute that with anything else. Like his play is. Giving him wins and he's taking a leap up. Like he's scoring more consistently and he's expected to score. Whereas in Boston, it was like a plus if he scored. Now he has to score. He, he has, has to, to score if win.
1: Yeah. So Terry has been stepping up, like I said, averaging 21 points. And not only, like I said, a couple of games back to back. I think so far in this certain this four or five guys has got 30 or more to six consecutive one of those players now. The other player that he had was Kevin Walker, who was doing it last uh, the year before last week. I'd say, for me, say Terry Rozier. A lot of people want to say Julius Randle. They are neck and neck But record-wise, if you had to go off record-wise and what they do with a dominant level, how they made the team, Rozier. Can't take another him. If he playing on the all-star level, which may be an all-star. Terry Rozier may be an all-star. You don't know. You don't know. Um, but I do like what I see from both of us from that perspective, for that end. Anything else you got to tell the people before we wrap it up? just thanks for watching. Keep coming back. Man, thanks for watching, man. Hey, everybody, keep coming back. This is me and Mark. On that note, we're going to wrap it up. This is After Hours Live for the Migs. your co-host, Mark Senior. We out of here. Peace. Peace.
0: Thank you for listening to After Hours Live from the Man Cave Podcast. If you would like to hear more from me and my man Tay Wiggs, please go to your favorite podcast listener and subscribe to us. We are just about everywhere nowadays. We're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple iTunes and Google Podcasts. So if you like what you hear, subscribe to us to hear more. Oh, and before I go, please also hit up our anchor profile page that's anchor.fm forward slash after hours live from the man cave and click that little purple button that says support this podcast and help us out peace